Okay, good morning. Today's daf is daf Yud Zayin. Um, we're going to go from the 10th last line of Tez Zayin Amud Beis, 16b. Um, so the Gemara is going back on a bride's third mention, but it says, Gufa lahem. The following do get farewell gifts. And I'm trying to work out, I'm not sure, when do you, how, if I want to say um, the gifts or this concept of is it Ma'anikim or is it Enek or is it, I'm not sure how to conjugate it in Hebrew, but so the farewell gifts. Um, these farewell gifts, the following get farewell gifts. If someone goes, leaves at the end of years, or at the end of serving for six years, at the end of the Yovel year, and with the death, oh no, well, at the beginning, um, at the beginning of the Yovel year, but and at the death of the master, and an Amavriya goes free with Simanim. If someone flees, escapes, then they don't get, um, or they get paid to leave, they don't get these gift farewell gifts. Rabbi Meir says, No, someone who flees does not get these gifts, but if he's paid, if he's redeemed with the deduction of money, he does go free. Rabbi Shimon Aimer, Rabbi Shimon says, Arba manikim lohem. There are four that there are four that do get anokal these gifts. Shloisha beish v'kimu beisha v'yatoyocha loymar arba beechad mehem. There are three cases where a man would get enek and three cases where a woman would get enek. Neither can get four. The fisha ain simonim beish or etzia beisha, because there are no a man can never go free because of simanim. And a woman cannot go free because of Ritzia. Remember, a woman cannot become a Ritzia. Uh, only a man can say, you know what, actually I want him to remain a slave for longer. And then he gets his ears pierced and he stays on till the next yogel. Till yogel. Um, whereas a woman can't do that. So she'll never go free as from the yogel of Ritzia. So just the two that are applied to both a man and a woman are six years and yogel. Then the one that applies to a man is he can go free in the yovel after becoming a nirza, and the one that applies to a woman is she can be, go free when she becomes an ara when she gets simanim. So we have a um, three-way maslokets. We have Rebbe Meir, Rebbe Shimon, and um, wait, I left out that. Yeah, the, the Tanakama, Rabbi Man, Rabbi Shimon. So we have these three opinions of when would the um, when would the slave get gifts, get these farewell gifts, get a what's it, severance package, get a severance package. Minani Mili, what's the source for this? So the Tadra Bonham we learned in a Braisa. Yoholoyuhu Mainikim Ella Yotzebeshesh. You might think that they get anoka only a person who go, only the slave who goes free after six years gets anoka gets these farewell gifts. How do we know to include someone a slave who goes free because of yovel or because of the death of the master or because of an amevrio gets. Um, and Amivrio develops Imanim, Tamud Lamar, Teshalchenu, the key Teshalchenu. The Torah says, You shall send them 
and when you said them. Ayat repeats it um, to tell us that not only is it the shlichus of going free after three years, after six years, so too they go f- that extra tishal cheno when you when you send them teaches us even after um, that even after yoyv even for uh, sorry get they get gets even in other cases the pasuk is um, um, if you look in devarim tezvav yudbeis so that's on the first page speaking about a, a slave it says right at the beginning it says you will send him out free from you and then it says you're not allowed to send him away empty handed etc you must give him all this anokah um, I'll read the rest of the passage because a lot of today's stuff is going to be focused around it. So it says regarding the Hanaik Tanik law, you shall give him these farewell gifts. Mitzon from your flock, Migon from your grain, and from your wine vats. which Hashem your God has blessed you, those you shall give to him. But we see, so the first pasuk says you send him away, and then the second pasuk repeats and says, and when you when you all send him away, don't send him. Well, it says send him away free, and then it says in the second pasuk when you send him away free, don't send him away empty-handed, and then in the third pasuk he's giving these gifts. But it says so the first pasuk to Shalchen say, okay, so maybe limited to the context, which is a regular Jewish slave sold to a Jew. Um, you know, or even one sold um, by Paisden. It's limited to that. But the extra Tishalchenos in the Pasuk add, tell us, no, include other cases that they get a knock says, So the Gemara says, Okay, well then why don't we include Boreach and Giron Kesef? When you send him away free from you. I'm here. That excludes uh, someone who flees or, detra- or who gets redeemed that is not being sent from you. I only in the cases of Yovel and the six years and etc. is he being sent away? He says, ah, oh, now you have to go. But in, if he flees, he's never sent away. And so too, when he's money is detracted, he's being paid, you're forcing the master to release him through pay, through redeeming him. You're not, he's not being sent away by the master. Rabbi Meir says, Rabbi Meir says, no, it's a Boreach who you don't give the farewell gifts because he's not being sent away. Again, he ran away. But Giron Keser is sent away from you. So you don't have to... Um, so it's not unreasonable to say um, to send him um, to, to, to give him gifts because at the, even though the, he's being paid the master send him away the master is being reimbursed for what he's losing so it can still count as shlichu, shlichu, sent away now we're going Borach Hashama boy he says but wait when someone flees they need to make up the years right, so he flees after a few years of service you capture him, you put him back, and you say, sorry, you have to go back and work off the rest of your years. 
So now, why don't we say that after, is, is he not given gifts after serving out the remainder of his, let's call it sentence here. So he served for what, four years, ran away? Oh, we'll see, it might make a difference how many years he served, but he served for a few years, runs away, comes back, serves the rest. Does he get a knock on the Tanya, as we learned in the Bible? How do we know that a Boreach is higher um, to complete the years he missed? He shall serve for six years. What happens if he's sick for some of those years and he misses days? Does he still have to make them up? Does he get, doesn't pay leave? In the seventh year, he goes out. So we have a little bit of a contradiction. We have one passage saying he serves for six years. I has to make sure to, what's it, to get in enough uh, days. And on the other hand, the passage says, no, in the seventh year, he goes out, implying regardless. So, oh, so but, but either way, we see that this person has to complete, this Eveli flees has to complete his years. And therefore, once he's completing his year, surely afterwards, then the owner sends him away and he should get a knock-off. It's where he fled and then it became the Yovel year. You might have thought, you might have thought, well, since it's Yovel that's releasing him, again, before... We're not, it's not the slave who's going to end up going back and serving the master for another few years because in the middle it's been Yovel, he's going free. So, so it's, it is Shiluchho because it's Yovel causing him to be sent away. Maybe you should not penalize him and give him these severance gifts. Kamash Malan, that no, if he's fled, then he loses his severance gift. So, in, very simply, what Tengmore said up to you firstly, this person who flees, after he has to go back and serve his master and make up the years that he's missed. If Subsequent to that, when the end of his term arrives, seems he will get severance gifts. However, if he flees and Yovel causes him to go free, so he's not going to, on the surface, he's not going to have to go back and make up those years. He doesn't get the severance gifts. And the Ritwa discusses this a bit further, quite interestingly. I'll just read through it quickly, um, just to uh, give us more to think about. Mahuda Tamer, what would you have thought of Afikle, Yoivel, Teshalchenov, Anek, Karinele, Uvanik, Venanik, Lei, Kamash Malan? Okay, what you might have thought that since it's not, even though he's fled, since it's Yoivel that causing him to go free, he doesn't get that you should give the gifts. Kamash Malan, the Gemara says you don't get the gifts. The Kivain Shebora, Koyden, Mano, since he fled early, the law of Adkaroi, and he didn't serve appropriately. Afal Pisha Yoitsa the Yovel, even though he's going free because of Yovel, Kansina Lei Veleis Lei Hanaka. He goes free and he does not get the farewell gifts. Why Sha'ain Shluchoma Imoch? Because he's not sent away from you. Vaha Torah Konsoso. It's the Torah that is placing this penalty on him. Now he says, okay, fine. So you got around, you penalized him, he's not getting his gifts. But does he have to make up the year's work? The, the years he made? At the end of the day, this person paid for him to work for six years. Or at least up until the Yovel. But he's fled beforehand. So he says, Even if we say after the Yovel year, we force him to come back and 
paid back what he missed. Ahu la betoyres atus who elamitin tashlumim kaporea chova. That's not from the aspect of slavery, but from the din of paying back someone a debt. And where someone pays back their debt, well then you don't send them away with gifts. So again, if you pay a worker to work and he's absent for a few days, so he owes you a few days of work, you're not going to send him away with gifts. So this slave, he's lost his status of a slave, even though he owes you the debt to work for a certain amount of years or however long he's missed, and therefore he won't get the gifts. The Ben Chorin Gomur who because he's already considered a complete Ben Chorin. So that's quite an interesting uh, switch here. You hear that? Okay, Yobel sets him free. You might still learn he owes a debt of years to work, but he doesn't, he, and he would, we would force him to work them off, but he won't be sent away with a severance package because there he's not working as an Ebed. He's working as a free person who owes someone money, who owes someone work. He was employed. It appears to me, he's saying this appear, the, the, the following appears to be correct, that he actually doesn't have to pay back the years once it's the overall years. Um, he says that he doesn't have to go back because this that he's fled and he's caused his master a loss is a grama, is indirect. I don't remember what from Kamavatel Kisra. But either way, I think if something happens to the person's uh, house or field, that he's exempt. Because it was done indirectly, so so the Ritva says he actually would doesn't think that this slave would have to go back and serve. Um, let's read a few more lines and then we'll come back to Tosfos. We said even if he's sick, Talmud Lomar say he goes free in the seventh year. So almost on the surface, we're saying if he can't work out of oinus, out of something beyond his control, like he's ill, he got COVID in the middle. That doesn't detract, and he goes free in the seventh years. Safilu Khala calls Sheish. What happens if he's sick for all six years? The whole time we learned in a Brisa, Khala Sholish for Avod Sholish, Aino Chayv Lahashlim. If he serves for three years, if he's sick for three years and he serves for three years, he's not obligated to make it up. Khala calls Sheish, Chayv Lahashlim. But if he's sick for all six years, then he is obligated to make it up. So, okay, um, we're going to. So, so what are we saying? You're telling me that if he's sick, he doesn't have to make it up. But we know if he's sick for six years, he does have to make it up. Wait, before we go anywhere, this price doesn't make sense. And we basically want to ask the question, what happens if he serves for four or five years? Because we said if he serves for six years, he has to make it up. If he's sick for six years, he has to make it up. If he's sick for three years, he doesn't have to make it up. So what about the years in between? If he serves for that many years. So that's what he's asking. It's says, You said that he's sick for three and he serves for three. He's not obligated to serve, to complete the years. That implies that if he's sick for four years, he would be obligated to complete, make it up. The aim is safer, but then the next clause says, If he's sick for all six, he's obligated to make it up. 
But if he's sick for only four, he's not obligated to make it up. So, yeah, if he's, well, if he's sick for four years, he's not obligated to make it up. So which one is it? This is not If someone is sick for, sorry, if he's sick for four years, it's as if he's sick for all six years, and he's obligated to make it up. It seems we go after a majority. Once he's served for three years, then the, he served the majority of the term. And if he's sick and out of his control, then he would not have to make it up. Because the masters had benefit from him for the majority of his life. Yeah, I'm not sure the exact spora. Um, but if he's, if he's sick for any more than that, then he would have to make up the years he missed. Tosos asked an interesting question. It was especially interesting to me because I've just had this issue in the school along the lines. Um, but he says, So he says, when someone hires a teacher, even if he's sick for half the time, you don't have to make him pay back. Just like an Evid Ivri. Like we say here, and he gets paid for his full salary because he was oinous, it was out of his control. So that's interesting. Tosos want to say that someone who suggests that if you have a teacher, I wonder why he's focusing on a teacher and no one else, but maybe that's because that was generally a long term, I'm not sure. But he says if you have a teacher who's missed half his time because he's sick, so what does the teacher say? He says it was oinous, you still have to pay me and look by an every Up until he served half his time, as long as he served at least half, he still, he doesn't have to make it up. Mistomi gets paid. So Tosos have a kasha. This is very difficult. And basically, the question, the, the difficulty is even if someone's oinase, so you're right, they might not be held accountable, but they still owe you what they owe you. They still owe you the days that they've missed. Um, they still owe you, yeah, they still owe you for the days that they didn't do. Now I'm going to skip that, the Tosos, so that's the kasha basically, till halfway down the Tosos, the first word of the line is Bahashta, Parif Shapir Okay, now it's a good question around, but again, that was all in his proof why this doesn't make sense that he shouldn't have to work. He says, Ba'im Kain, Melamde Tinoikas Nami, if that's the case, well then so too by a school teacher. Im Cholu, Lo Yikhu Elo Maisha You only have to pay them for what they worked. And you don't compare them at all to an Evid Ivri. Now we're going to have to explain why should we not make this comparison between a school teacher and an Evid Ivri. Both feel very uh, overworked and enslaved, um, as the teachers. Um, so therefore, why are they not the same? So he says, The Evid Ivri go gufa konula adona. The Evid Ivri's goof itself is acquired by the master. Therefore, when he's sick for three years, he's not liable to better. Because you can't make him do work the more than he could do. But a teacher. His body is not acquired by the parents. It, he's just paid. Lilmod to teach. 
Ad hazman, for a certain amount of time. And if he's not able to complete it, he's not able to um, take except what he gains. So that's Tosos' first answer. If I understand it correctly, I struggle to understand the difference. But the, he's focusing on conceptually, the Evid is actually owned by his master. That we learned yesterday. The goof of the Evid Ivri is owned by the master. Therefore, I guess it's all the master's own that is not working. It's like trying to sue your animal for not working. But here, where a teacher, he's just hired himself out, really all he's doing is hiring out his time or for what he does. If he doesn't do, then he doesn't get paid. Um, maybe another way of looking at it is, when you buy the Eved Ivri, then the Eved Ivri becomes yours, but that's only to work him as much as he can handle. If he's sickly and can't handle a lot, well, granted you bought him, that's all you can work him. Whereas a Malande Tinoikas is hired specifically to teach the children. And if he can't do that, well, then he can't get paid. And then he gives another answer. Another reason to distinguish between a teacher and an Eved Ivri. Says it's basically the Torah telling us that when you have a slave who serves three and is sick for three, that he doesn't have to serve three, because it says in Yeshayu, Shalashonim Sochir Im for at the end of three years, like the years of a Sakhir. And remember Sakhir, we call the slave a Sakhir. the uh, Im Kain it comes out. The shonim, the schir, shalosh shonim. The years of work are three, etc. And he goes on that this one we say that the slave is someone who works double as because he serves for six years, etc. But there's an adrosha alluding to the fact that three years count as service. And therefore, by an every as soon as he served three years, he's done his service. Okay, but I thought that was quite interesting. In uh, it's not often we get to see some uh, very contemporary practical discussion of labor laws and sick leave. Um, and obviously, to take this into practice, you'd have to go look into the sugyas in Baba Metzia as well. If you can't, uh, you can't. Uh, I wouldn't structure your con- your contracts purely based on this process, but it's a good start into an interesting discussion. Is a is a malame, the teacher, the same as a every a slave? Like I said, I'm not sure why folk. Maybe that's the question they were asked, and that's the comparison that was generally made. But why don't we say the same thing by workers? I was thinking maybe. Uh, uh, Sadly, that sometimes seems to be the impression, you know, you've got a job, real job, you never miss. And you know if you miss, you're not going to get paid or you're going to get off your sick leave and then you're going to be teaching. You're kind of like, no, I try as hard as I can. And if I can't, it doesn't matter, which is not good enough. You have to know that it's a, you're being paid to teach children, you're responsible for them and you have to be there. Okay, but that's just an interesting question to discuss into. Okay, Tanura Bonan, Kamamanikimlo, how much... How much do you have to spend on these severance gifts? There's two parts of the question. One is what do you have to give him? We'll see a bit later. It's almost anything. But then, how much? So, says five slaim from each type, which equals 15 slaim. What are each type? So, remember I read the pasuk at the beginning. It says, you must give him from your flock, your grain, and your wine vats. 
So five's flowing from each of those? I have 15. The commander's going to ask, can't I count? Once he's told that's five from each, why does he have to tell us 15? I know, I know basic math. Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Huda says, Shloishim. No, you have to give him the value of Shloishim, Shloishim. Why? Because Shloishim shall ever, like the 30 that someone has to pay a slave. If someone's Shormuad kills a slave, he has to pay the owner 30. We'll see why Rabbi Huda connect. We'll see. We'll learn out all of the sources for all of this. But he's connecting this Eved Ivri goes free with Shloishim, like the Eved Kanani. Rabbi Shimon like the 50 of an Erech. What's an, remember, the Torah lists a type of donation to the temple is you say, I give my Erech. Now, depending on your age, whether you're male or female, and whether you're, um, you know, your age or whether you're male or female, the Torah gives a specific amount for the Erech. The most expensive Erech is Chamishim, if I remember correctly, and this is what we're saying here, that he gives. Rabbi Shimon says he pays the Evid Chamishin like Arochim says. Now, Omar, Chamesh Shloim, he called Minumin, Shem Chamesh Esrei Shloim, Divrei Rebimah. Rebimah said that you give five Shloim from each Min, which is equal to 15. Where Rebimah, Minyon, Asala, Lashmeinun, is Rebimah coming to teach us maths? No, this is what he's coming to teach us. You're not allowed to give any less than 15, than this number, than 15. But if you get, give him less of one type and more of another type, no problem. I, what, why Rabbi May emphasizes the 15 is because that's the value what it gives. But if you give two from your flock and eight from your one, and far from your, what was the other one? Uh, your grain, that's fine. As long as it adds up to 15. That's the important point. That's what Rebbe Meir is teaching us. My timer to Rebbe Meir. Where does Rebbe Meir get this five slowing from? So Yolif Reikom Reikom Mibachor. He learns the Xayra Shobah. Remember, it says, You shall not send him away. Lota Shalchenu Reikom. And then it says, So too, when a father's redeeming his son, it is five sloim. Well, then, so to here, it must be five sloim. So maybe it's a total of five sloim. Not, we said it's five sloim of each type, 15 in total. But why not say that it's five in total? So it's no ikis of kosav reikom. If it would have written Reikom afterwards, then that would be the correct way of understanding. Now that it says Reisha before mentioning all of the gifts, you place the Reikom as if it's written by the Tzon, by the Goyren, and independently by the Tzon, Goyren, and Yekev. So there's a separate Gershova. So again, because the positive says, and then an ectanic law, mitzon chom mikon chom yakvecha. I think you would read it as, you're not allowed to send him reikom from each of these, from tzon, from geren, and from yakov. I have to send him away with the equivalent of five of each. Um, and that's the drosh. He says, oh, but I love reikom, reikom, my honest reikom. Why does Rabbi Meir learn reikom, reikom, my honest reikom? But when we're going up to the, of the three festivals, we know that there's three korbanos, three types of korbanos that a person has to bring when he goes up to the base of Mikdash for the three festivals. There's Oilas Re'iyah, Chagiga, and Shalmei Simcha. They each have certain halachas, but one of them is Oilas When you're going up to the base of Mikdash, it says, don't appear before Hashem empty-handed, so you go up with korbanos. Now the minimum there is Two ma'o, two silver ma'o. So he says, so omakra. So so there. So again, the question is, how does Rabbi Meir know to learn reikom reikom to 
Bechor, I fatsloim, why not learn reikom reikom to oilas re'iyah, that it's just too much, it's much less. So Al-Makro, the Apostle says, it ends off which Hashem, your God, has blessed you. The word brocha always implies um, abundance, more. That's what Hashem, Hashem's, when we say Baruch Hashem, one of the explanations is, you not we're not blessing Hashem, we're referring to Hashem as the source of bracha, as the source of abundance and good in the world. So when this pasuk is saying that the anokha must be connected to bracha, we're not going to take the stingy approach and say it's just two ma'ah of, of, of silver. We're going to say that it must be the larger amount of five salaim. Okay, that's Rabbi Meir's opinion. Now we go on to Rabbi Yehuda. Remember, Rabbi Yehuda said thirty. Rabbi Yehuda, I'm a shloshim kashala shal eved. My time with Rabbi Yehuda. What's the source of Rabbi Yehuda? Yolif nesina nesina me'eved. He learns out exarish shava connecting nesina to nesina by the eved ivri, because it says, I mean, in our pasuk it says titen lo. Says why? Ma lahalan shloshim afkan shloshim. Just as there it's thirty, so to here it's thirty. Again, as we know in the context, um, no, which was the pasuk? Sorry, it was the pasuk. Hey, yo, im eved yigach ashor or amor keses shloshim shkolim yitain laadonov. If an ox gores a slave or a maidservant, the owner must pay thirty shkolim to its master. But shor yisav kel and the ox will be stoned. But we see that. Um, but again, this word nesin and nesin is used in both. There's Avinel if nesin and nesin are myrochim. Why don't we learn it from myrochim? Myrochim it also says nesin, and then we should say malahalan chamishim afkan chamishim. Just as myrochim the value is 50, so to here it should be 50. So he says chad is the top. No, firstly the top tofasta merubelo tofasta tofasta muach tofasta. If someone tries to take hold of too much, they're not going to be able to hold it. But if you take hold of less, you will manage it. Vaod. Eved may Eved If it makes more sense to learn an Eved from the context of Eved than an Eved from the context of Arachid. Very interestingly, this concept of Fastaburubah, so halachically it's telling us that when you have a drosha and you have a choice of learning one or two numbers or one or two amounts, we take it the smaller. Because if you try, we know what happens, you see when someone tries to hold too much, they drop it. You don't get hold of it, but you take less. They also use the pasta maruba in Musar, in uh, personal growth and development. Don't take on too much, because you're not going to manage, you're going to despair, you're going to be lying to yourself. Tofasta, make sure to take a little thing that you can hold on and work with that and develop it. Um, careful. Tofasta, not tofasta. And that's, uh, they encourage, I mean, especially this time of year, people start thinking about, you know, what can I do extra, what should I take on, what can I manage? If you're going to say, well, I want to take on this, 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 and this, and you're not going to manage, well, then it all falls away. But if you pick a small thing that you want to work on, um, if you pick a small thing that you want to work on, then you'll manage, uh, then you'll hopefully be able to manage it and grow and develop. So about doing the uh, big shutters, take the ones, one thing. Instead of saying I'm going to keep every shabbos for the next year, take on one yeah. and do it properly. Seven years without fielding it. Yeah, so that's your thing. Don't, yeah, don't take on seven years. Take on one day. Take on one day. Okay. 
یا نه ربیشی ما لیس کانتی ربیشی بس آیه شلمه بنام گیره ربیشی ما لیس کانتی ربیشی بس آیه شلمه بنام گیره ربیشی ما لیس کانتی ربیشی بس آیه شلمه بنام گیره ربیشی ما لیس کانتی ربیشی بس آیه شلمه بنام گیره ربیشی ما لیس کانتی ربیشی بس آیه my time with Rabbi Shimon, Gomar Nasin and Nasin and Maroch, Malahal and Hamishim, Afkan Hamishim, just as Erkin, it says fifty, so she says fifty. Just I'm a Pachos Sheva Erkin, maybe it should be the smallest amount of Erkin. Yeah, as I just said, it's fifty is the largest, the most expensive Erik that you would have to pay. So why not a small one? It says no. Hashem berachov, Hashem melochechov. The pasuk says, which Hashem has blessed you. Are we speaking about abundance here? So we're going to use not the minimum but the maximum. Interesting. The pasuk's telling you don't follow tofasta merubel or tofasta. The pasuk's telling you follow to do with bracha and abundance, and therefore you go with the bigger amount. Of a nailev nesina nesina may eved. Why don't you learn? You're learning the drushes from the sinner. So why are you connecting the sinner to a slave, to a rochin, connect the sinner to a slave? And there's two reasons. We've just seen two good reasons for that. Firstly, if you try to take hold on too much, you won't manage. And secondly, you should have learned, rather learn it from connect Ebed to Ebed. And it should only be 30. So the Gemara says, okay, basically you're right. That can't be the source for Rabbi Meir, for Rabbi Shimon. So rather, Rabbi Shimon, Micha Micha Gomer, he learns exactly from poor and poor. Because by the Arochin, it also says, what happens if he's too poor to pay the Erech? So here we're speaking about a poor Jew sold himself into slavery. And so to there, poor, so therefore it's connected with 50. And again, we're speaking about Hashem's Bracha, so we're speaking about abundance. And now the Gemara says, It makes sense a lot, according to Rabbi Meir, why it teaches these three things, Son, Goren, and Yekev. Why? Why according to Rabbi Meir did it need to teach us three things? So that we know the total anokah that you're going to give must be worth 15 saloim. Why do I even need it? And we'll see shortly that it's not when we say you have to give him farewell gifts, it's not limited to those three items. It's farewell gifts. It's not, so he says, so, so why, do we, why does the Pasuk bother mentioning Soin Goyen Vyekev? He says, You might have thought that the only gifts you can give, again, I guess, from the pots of kids, How do we know that you can include anything in your gifts? Which Hashem your God has blessed you. Then why does the Torah bother saying, Just say, give gifts from what Hashem has blessed you. Are unique because they included in bracha. So to other things that are included in bracha, why are they included to bracha as opposed to other things? Because animals have children and they multiply. Plants also they grow and they multiply. So that's the. Those are the sort of things that you have to give. Again, that's excluding money. Money doesn't grow. You have a hundred rand note in your wallet, it actually becomes worth less and less over time. Um, it's excluding mules. Remember, mules are sterile. 
They don't have. They can't have children. Rabbi Shimon Pardos Meshach from Bugufayu. Rabbi Shimon says, no, mules do improve. They grow. They grow more healthy. So they, there is growth and bracha in a mule. Again, I like money. Rabbi Lezer ben Yaakov. But now, why didn't Rabbi Lezer ben Yaakov say it's excluding money? He says, no, it's off him. You can start business with money. You can invest it. You can start a business. You can. Money also does. Money does grow. Money. We do see bracha in money. So. So where we're holding at the moment is we need three to guard us in the sort of items that can be given. Not that it's unique to those items, or not that it's specific to those items, but it has to have similar characteristics to something that is subject to bracha. Why are you talking going on a person developing himself? So financially, yeah. Yeah, so, so, I mean, according to Rebbe Lazar Yaakov, yeah, money you can do business with it. Yeah, yeah, so, so it does grow. Well, it's different business. Yeah. I think Rebbe Shimon would look at it and say, look, when you put that money, that hundred rand note in your wallet, it's stuck. And yeah. anything that depreciates over you, over in, due to inflation, it's stuck. Whereas Rebbe yeah, Lazar yeah, Yaakov is looking at it from the point of view that, you no, it can... You can start a business, you can sell, you can invest it, you can do something with it. Um, what about mules? Again, similar. Maybe Shimon says, well, a mule does grow and develop and improve. So there is bracha. You can have a cheap mule or an expensive mule. Whereas Rebbe Lezmin Yaakov says, that's very relatively static and limited. Okay, but Shrikhan, we need all three. Son, Goyren, and Yekev. Why? If it would have just said son, I would have said you can only give animals and not plants. Not things that grow from the ground. Because of Rahman and Goyren, therefore it says you're great. Because of Rahman because of Goyren, if you would have said only Goyren, I would have said, okay, fine, only things that grow from the ground, but not animals. Therefore, because of Rahman and Son. Yekev, Lamali, why does it have to say Yekev? According to Rabbi Shimon, to exclude money, and according to Rabbi Lezben Yaakov, to exclude mules. Okay, next point. Which Hashem you must give him from, gifts from which Hashem has blessed your house. So maybe only if Hashem has blessed your house because of the slave, then you have to give him farewell gifts. If it's not, you don't have to. Talmud Lamar, Hanek Tanik, Mikol Mokom. No, it says Hanek Tanik, you always have to give him this farewell gift. Oh, Imkei Ma, Talmud Lamar, Hashem Barachah. So what's the Torah mean when it says Barachah? Akol Lefi Barachah Tain Lo. Give according to the Barachah that Hashem has given you. I, if Hashem has given you more Barachah, give him more gifts. I'm not sure if this is saying, if this is his measure of how much you have to give. Or does he agree that the previous Tanoim were telling us the minimum, but he's telling us that you should actually give more depending on how much bracha you've seen? Rebbe ben Azari says, No, Dvorim Kekosvom, take it as you read it. If your house has been blessed because of him, then you give him these farewell gifts. If your house has not been blessed for him, you will not give him these gifts. Why does the Torah repeat and say, you shall surely give him a knocker, which we learned to give him even if you haven't seen Brahma. The Torah speaks in the way that people speak. So, um, what we saying at the moment is, um, okay, let's, uh, yeah, very short that, uh, 
the discussion, is it only based on the bracha that the slave brings in chance? You see, you've, you've bought this guy, you're giving him a good life, a good opportunity for a job, and now you've seen all this bracha come into your house. Is that, only, is that the only time you have to give him? Or even if you don't see bracha, okay? And every serves the son, but not the daughter. We'll see if her master dies, does not serve the son or the daughter. And or someone sells himself to a non-Jew, does not serve their son or the daughter. Okay, so just before we go further, one, one thing to clarify is, okay, so when the master dies, is the slave inherited? That's the first point that we just asked. Second point to bear in mind, we're going to differentiate between a son and an heir, or a son and a daughter, or a son and a brother. Right? A son is also one of the heirs, but there's a special aspect about a son, as we'll see, for example, by Yibum, he takes the, if there's a son, there is no Yibum. So we see in some ways, and by Yud, in some ways a son not only acts as an heir, but he fills the shoes of his father, which we don't say by other relatives. So that's important to distinguish. When we say an heir here, we're not saying that a son is not an heir. We're saying a son has a different dimension of as an heir and filling his things, and then other heirs. We know if, if someone doesn't have a son, their daughter inherits. If someone doesn't have a daughter, their brother will inherit. You know, so the, there's the order of Yerusha. So there are all these heirs, but it's it's more to do with the concept of a son who fills his father's shoes for certain halachas. So Omar, Eved Ivri, Oiveres Aben, Ba'ino Oiveres Amas. We said that an Eved Ivri will serve the son, but not the daughter. So if the father dies, the Eved Ivri has to fix, finish his six years, or finish until Yovel, serving the son. But not a daughter. As I said, not Midin Yerusha. Minani Mili, what's the source? The Toner Abonin, as we learned in the Brisa. But of the Choshei Shonim, he will serve you for six years. Lechov Yoresh, which limits it to you. It says, Ata Omer Lechov Yoresh, or Eina Ela Lechov Ben. How do you know to say not another heir? Maybe it's not even your son. Because it says he will serve you, not even your son. It says, no, Kashahu Omer Shei Shonim Yavod. When it emphasizes that he has to work for six years, Harei Leven Omur. Then it means he has to serve the son. So we have an inclusion and an exclusion. The, the, inc- the exclusion is of the cost of you. The inclusion is, no, you must work for six years, right? even if it's a son. It says, So limiting to you is excluding other relatives. Six years is including your son. It says, Why do you say include your son and not your brothers? Because a son can fill his father's shoes for Yud and Stachuza. Remember, Yud is if, uh, if a person buys a maidservant, he can marry her, or his son can marry her with the money paid for her as, as case and conditions. So we see the son can step in place of his father. So to a Stachuza, if someone donates a field to the temple and they don't redeem it by Yovel Yer, it goes back, it goes back to the Kohanim in the Yovel Yer. If he or his son redeems it, then it goes back to them. Why do we include a brother? Because he takes his father's place for Yibum. No, there's only Yibum where there is a son, where there's no son. But if there is a son, there's no Yibum. So we see that a son is a step ahead in place of his brothers. You're right. A brother can take the place of a father. That's only where there's no son. We see that a son is much more intrinsically in place of his father. That's how I'd explain it. Elosh. 
Let's not get distracted. I've got a lot to do in a short time. You can uh, tell me at the end, please. Uh, but but Yibum is very clear that you only do Yibum to the brother when there's no son. It says, So so why are you saying, you saying that the reason we know that a son takes the place of the father and not the brother in in the halach of slave is because of this question that a son takes the place of the father for yibum. Well, sorry, would be in the way of you. If you tell me if not for that, we would say a brother is better. Why don't we say it's two verse one? There's Yibum by the brother, and there's Yud and Stachuzim by the son. So why do I even need to come on to whether it's the son or the brother who's first by Yibum? She says, no. She says, we actually also learn out from that same question. The Tana, because the Tana learned out. Oh, so this question of that the Tana learns out, is it not because of Yesh Yibum? There's only Yibum where there is no son. We have the same question. Is it the son or the brother that should be able to redeem this field in place of the father, the person who sold it? And we want to suggest, well, look at Yibam, it should be the brother. We well, said, no, the son stops it. So that's not, it's not really 2 verse 1, because Tachuz is also learnt out from Yibam, the discussion of Yibam. Okay, Am Yivriya doesn't serve the son or the daughter. It says, what's the source? It says from the following passage, So too for your maidservant you shall do this. Ikeisha. Now that pasuk is a very interesting pasuk because that pasuk is in the pasuk of Mirza. It says, No, you'll take this drill and put it in his ear. by the door. And he'll be a slave for you forever. And then it says, And you shall do this for your maidservant as well. Which, as we know, which is going to be part of the discussion, what a maidservant never becomes a Mirza. So how does this work? So that's it. It says, My Nirza ain't no Oyved Lois Aben Veloisa Bas. I'm Yivriya ain't no Ivedis Lois Aben Veloisa Bas. The Torah connects, the Kesha the Torah connects Am Yivriya to Nirza to say that just as the Nirza, once he's done this, he's a Nirza, he doesn't serve the son or the daughter, so too Am Yivriya. It says, What do you mean it's coming to teach us this Drosha that she doesn't serve the son or the daughter? It's coming for the following Drosha. Look at Tanya as we learned in the Braisa. You give your Amoscha also farewell gift. Maybe it's not coming to say you give a farewell gift. Maybe it's coming to say that you can also do Ritzia and keep her for longer. If the slave shall say, and not the Amevriya, we see that Ritzia is said, I, it's already been clarified that a Amma, a, ma- a female, a maidservant, cannot do Ritzia. So what are we going to do with the possible which says, and so too you shall do for your maidservant? To say that as farewell gifts. But again, it's farewell gifts and not for the Drosha that she doesn't serve the son or the daughter. It says, no, let it just teach La Mosko Kane. My Taase Shmasmima Shmasma Tarti. What does it mean? You shall do. We learn two things from here.
Okay, and uh, we better leave it for today. I'll have to catch up tomorrow's second. I'm a bit shorter, so hopefully we 